Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Christmas time is here. Is it right time now? I think so. It's December 9th. Oh, that's my Sim version. Oh, oh. Simlish. Christmas Sims Christmas Edition. Oh, Chauncey Christmas. A Chauncey Christmas. Eva, write it down. Um, Guys, we really just derailed. Wow, we talked about a lot of gross things. We talked about all powerfully powerful. What a rampant discussion! <laughs> what a rampant discussion! We discussed all of the things that freak us out about bodies, which it turns out is everything. Yeah, between the three of us, there is no part of the we body covered, that does not freak us out. Covered every orifice, everything that bends, mm, things that don't bend but you could tear. Yeah. Oh, everything was bad. Ooh, inside, um, outside, things not- you can unravel. Oh, by the way, the belly button. I've thought about that too. Ah, wow. <laughs> Hasafat, hasafat. <laughs> That's my safe word. Oh, what? Can you use that safe word with blaze? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, can you use that in a sentence? And I was oh, like, no. yeah, hasafat, hasafat. I was going to say, you should use that with blaze sometimes. Be like, the safe word is hasafat. Isn't that sexy? Hasafat, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um. So, Merry Almost Christmas. Happy oh, Almost Holidays. Wow. Can you believe it? Also, Hanukkah, since you're supposedly the Jew, but you always talk about Christmas. Yeah. And I'm the one who's like, let's be inclusive. No, let's be inclusive. But let's also, like, definitely remember that I also celebrate Christmas. Right. Okay. And Hanukkah. When I remember. I was like, when have you ever celebrated Hanukkah? Usually my mom or I will text each other and be like, is it Hanukkah yet? And then we'll check her calendar and be like, oh, it's been like six days. Whoops. (laughs) Yikes. Goodness. Whoops. Um, Well, I just got back from belize oh jesus <laughs> everyone go back to episode 95 real quick and listen to me just like really embarrass myself we recorded that like before this yeah and i was like you just got back from belize and i'm like wow crazy how time flies and then i realized this comes out in like four days and definitely i won't be in belize yet yikes but now i've officially come back with my pet jaguar uh, oswang what's it called oh winnebago winnebago windigo windigo i not an rv i might come back with an rv if i you know an rv full of jaguars could be Mm, fingers crossed could be um 
hello everyone and um happy holidays happy holidays happy uh, we're warm so sorry question that we probably shouldn't be asking um uh-huh. while we're doing this uh-huh. but i'm also remembering just now ask away when are we gonna open christmas presents together because well i was devastated because i leave the 21st thinking oh we have a whole weekend together and then i realized you leave way earlier than that yikes so so never okay we'll uh, just have a belated christmas we're gonna have to do a friends miss like in january <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Which Blaze's birthday is January 2nd. So like, he's Let's just, just steamroll Blaze. Put us, I mean, he's used to it by now. He lives with us. So. Yay. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess everyone be prepared to hear about our Christmas presents way after the fact that Christmas has already happened. Right. We're just going to do that thing where we elongate our birthdays, but this time it's Christmas. I mean, the good thing about having a holiday in June and a holiday in December is that we've got every six months, we're going to elongate something. You have a couple months to rest in between. Yes. You're welcome. Before we just inundate you again. <laughs> Um, as of right now, we have a lot of shows still available. I think we've announced the second Denver show and some other things. If not, congratulations. You just learned something. Congratulations. Surprised us all. Um, (laughs) (laughs) otherwise, I mean, listen, we're living the best life. We're, we're about to enter 2019. I was like, I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) 2019. 2019. It's so crazy that it's already been a whole year. It's been a whole year, whole year whole year it's been bananas i mean it's almost been what's our anniversary i mean not our friend anniversary but our podcast february 9th it's always february 9th or february 11th i always forget i think it's the 9th well technically january 19th is the is the birth of the birth the birth of the concept the conception yes if you will yes yes correct. at 11 a.m i oh think my god i remember because you texted me last year and i got all teary-eyed yes you january 19th. to the minute to the minute yes i yeah. did make sure to do that so it's i'll do it again this time now that that is a <clears throat> is that an aquarius or is that a pi- or a capricorn because I messed up the date. I think it's a Capricorn. Because it's right on that cusp, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's almost an Aquarius. Okay. Um, are we going to be together January 19th this year? Are we traveling? Are we traveling? Oh, yeah. I think we're in Dallas. We should have a little date. We that should would have a... be so cute. It's cute. It's cute. We should have like a, a podcast see. birthday friend. Oh, we're in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, Hi, yeah. Missouri. We should definitely have a date in Missouri because, like, oh we would have never thought we were going to end up in Missouri. Have a date in Missouri. Oh, we'll always have Missouri. Fresh. Well, I mean, that's what I always say. I mean, you yeah. know, we'll always have St. Louis. And we said that the day we started this podcast, we didn't even know why we said it, but now we know. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. There it is. Amazing how we manifested St. Louis. <sighs> well, well, here, here's to you, St. Louis. <laughs> here's to you and to us. Um. All right. Well, I guess we just get rolling get rolling through december huh we're just kind of more like tripping and falling left and right we really don't know what we're doing so oh is that shocking to you well then you have really (laughs) been sorely mistaken oh is it surprising that we don't know what we're doing you must be starting this podcast from backwards oh you must be a person who is being forced to listen to this by your relative or your girlfriend or boyfriend or significant other and i'm sorry for that i'm not that's you want to know why i'm not because today for december y'all are getting a poltergeist oh By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant 
giant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly. This is the perfect thing for your outdoor space. They also just launched a new standing desk, Copilot, with adjustable height, a durable scratch-resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever. I'm in the market for a new desk, um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark. And of course, there's Burroughs Legacy seating collections like the Nomad and Range, now available in new colors. And M and I, that's like the only piece of furniture I think we actually share is our Burrow sofa in the podcast department. Love that thing. And that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, it's, a, it's a short one though, guys. So we're gonna... <laughs> I'm just warning you now, it's not lengthy, but it's it's a good one. You just challenged my constitution. I need a minute. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Wow, I'm so sickly. (laughs) So um, we are having a show in Long Island. Yes, we are. Um, And this was originally going to be my story in Long Island. However, I like I'm saying how it's short. I just didn't think that it was going to be enough information for an entire live show. So we are replacing then with now. I'm all about it. Awesome. (laughs) So this is the story of Popper the Poltergeist. Get out of town. Why does he sound so cute? Well, he sounds really cute, but I also, when I first typed it, I'm literally saying Popper, but when I typed this, apparently I said, I typed Pooper. (laughs) (laughs) Pooper the Poltergeist. Everybody ten twos. Everybody ten twos. (laughs) Including Pooper. Including Pooper. Oh, happy that's, pooper. Okay. That's the unabridged version of the of that book. That is. It has yeah. an extra page. But, Wait, I'm sorry. Is it popper like popper. a jalapeno popper or popper yeah. like a poor person? No, popper like a jalapeno popper. So not popper like me, but a popper like what I eat. Yes. Got it. Yes. Spicy like me. Mm, okay. You, you get it now. Right. Spicy and poor. That's us. Um. So that's... that's our t- slogan. That's our, that's our spinoff. We'll always have Missouri. Poor and spicy. <laughs> Poor and spicy in Missouri. That's what we always say. Oh my goodness. Wow, we've had a wild day. Guys, can you tell that we've recorded way too many episodes all at once can and we're just so tired? We've been trapped in a room for many hours with <sighs> Eva trying to get find a way out. 
Eva's like actively on her phone. Like she's trying to charge right now. I think because she's already like SOS'd everybody <laughs> she, she, she knows. She texted John four thousand. She's like John, tell me, tell me you got in a car crash so I can come get you or something. Just <laughs> make up an excuse. Please say that like you're pregnant and SOS. giving birth, and I have to come see my baby. John is in labor. I'm so sorry. Like I have to go. ooh, and we would never I have to go catch see it. my baby. Yeah, that seems really reasonable. <laughs> we would never catch it. We'd be like, holy shit, even go. <laughs> we really. I'd be like, wait, how did that work? I'd be like, don't be offensive, Em. Yeah, I would have just been like, you know what? Everybody it's not my place. It's not my place. Everybody goes into labor sometimes. Yes. That's my sickest spinoff. Everybody, everybody's involved in something like that at some point. Bodily functions, including your belly button spiraling out. Happened to everyone. <laughs> Woof. Anyway, moving on with Poop or the Boulder Guys, apparently. Um, it's so dumb and so funny. Poor Spicy and Poopy. So uh, other names that this story goes by are... The Herman Poltergeist, the Seaford Poltergeist, and Popper the Poltergeist. So Herman is the family that was haunted. Seaford is the town. Oh, I thought they named him Herman. I thought that was cute. No, they named him Pooper, apparently. Or at least Microsoft Sam did. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Blame Microsoft Sam. No, they named him Popper, and you will see why. Okay. <clears throat> so the Herman family, and in case you're Googling this, this is a double R, double N kind of scenario for Herman. It's a German version. version. How do you say it then? Hermann. Hermann. Yeah? Hamon. Hamon. Yeah. Like Jamaican Hamon. <laughs> Hamon. Hamon. What does that sound? What? That's somebody's probably chainsawing. You oh, know. okay. You know. Hamon. Okay. I'm sorry. So the Herman family. Um, right. Let's <laughs> stick with that. They lived in Seaford, New York, which is in Long Island. And um, it's a typical 1950s home. Just to give everyone a nice little visual Aww. of the beginning phase. Bet you there's some really cute doilies. Oh, a thousand percent. There's a whole drawer of doilies. There's definitely an icebox. For sure. With jello in it. Oh, we're getting wild. I'm painting a picture. Oh, my goodness. Um, and every channel was black and white. Oh, my favorite. So this was the home of James and Lucille Herman and their children. Shit you not. James Jr. and Lucille Jr. <laughs> That's the kind of shit we're going to pull someday. I know it. I really hope that you name your like Christine children M and I'll name mine Christine. Oh. <laughs> Okay, even better. I was yeah. thinking we'd name them after ourselves, but after each other is even better. Yeah, well, then we're bonded by blood <laughs> at that point. So, um, home of James, Lucille, little James, and little Lucille. Uh, and the kids are 13 and 12. Cute. Oh, I wonder if they went by Lucy and Jimmy, the kids. Isn't that cute? I think they did, actually. Like Lucille, James, and Lucy and Jimmy? No, I hear you. I think they did, actually. All right, cool. Um, Painting a picture, I tell you. Because some, some of the articles were James Jr. and some were Jimmy. Oh, so, okay. So, maybe. Um... Okay, so this happened, this popper, the poltergeist, first appears on February 3rd, 1958. So she's an Aquarius. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, the, the fir this is also, I don't know where this happens, because in what I researched, I could not find, like, what I consider the most significant part of all of the information. I could not find any of it anywhere. Mm -hmm. Somehow this poltergeist case is the first haunting to actually ever show itself on television like on live what? and i couldn't find anything else about that like i don't know if that means they brought in camera crews oh and my God. saw something it's like I don't, on the andy griffith show yeah i don't know if it was a talk show and they like sh showed home footage holy shit i don't know what but on every article they made sure to mention like oh it's the first oh, don't you hate that and you're like that gives me nothing i was like that's literally what i'm searching for and you the gave people me nothing want more so apparently this is the first haunting where evidence was actually shown on television on live television wow okay I don't know what I mean, that means. it's very interesting. If anyone else figures it out, please email me. That actually would be great. Yeah, you guys yeah. do the work. Um, yeah. So, February 3rd, 1958, 3.30 p.m., right when the kids came home from school. The kids and Lucille, the mom, are home, and James is at work. 
And out of nowhere, various bottles of liquid in different rooms of the house suddenly begin to pop their caps and spew contents. Oh, no. Um, That's a waste. Yeah. And a mess. And a mess. A waste and a mess. (laughs) A messy waste and a wasty mess. (laughs) So uh, no one saw the bottles explode, but they heard the caps pop off from multiple rooms. And when they went to go see what was going on, the bottle's contents were flying into the air. Oh, my God. Um, hence the name Popper. Makes the sense. Kept Makes sense. It's popping. It's popping. It's lit and it's popping. <laughs> you know, we're hip. Yeah. We, we get right, it. Right, Eva? We know what's going on. Right, Eva? Um, so... Tell us we're cool. <coughs> Eva. Eva! Us. Write it down so we don't forget later. Write about how cool we are. So, of the bottles that were popped open was a bottle of bleach in the basement. Oh, okay. A bottle of liquid starch in the kitchen. Two bottles of shampoo and medicine in the bathroom and a bottle of holy water in the master bedroom. Oh, no. So they're all totally away from each other, so... Right, so it wasn't like a contained... It wasn't like someone could have set them all off at one time, because they all went off at the exact same time. Oh, my God. So each of the bottles had a twist-off type cap, so it's not like a cork just kind of rogue popped itself. So it wasn't like pressure buildup. It was like literally a twist. It was acting like it was a pressure buildup, but they were twist-off So it's like even harder to... Yeah, so it's like it shouldn't have just been like a rogue cork. Um, which is Christine's the superhero Christine's name, by memoir. the way. <laughs> the Rogue Court. The Broad of Broadcast is Nyx. Forget it. We're moving no, on. By day, she's the Broad of Broadcast. <laughs> by by night, she's the Rogue Court. <laughs> Spiraling out of control. Guess which one I am now. I think it's pretty easy to determine. <laughs> so, Mrs. Herman, Lucille Sr., if you will, um, she called her husband and told him what happened, and he said that he would check it out when he got home that night. Right. And she actually was saying, like, please come home. I'm really freaked out. And he was like, nah, I'll come back I later. I love that. It's such a classic. Like, okay, honey, I'll check on it later What a tonight. 1950s man. Classic. He's like, I'll let you know I when mean, we although do although if I called Blaze and said, there's a ghost in here, please come home from your shift, he'd probably be like, <laughs> yeah, no. He'd be like, um, especially if you're telling me something haunted's over there. I'm just going to, like, make my shift like, longer. Don't you have M for that. Okay. <laughs> goodbye valid though yeah, I'd be i mean it's a good point i would call you first let's be real so uh his theory when he did get home was that some sort of chemical reaction had caused the bottle lids to blow off and the fact that it happened all at the same time in different rooms was just a coincidence obviously so classic you know classic classic person not trying to think about the fact that there's a ghost in your house he's just like sounds we'll like, just ignore this sounds like blaze so they decided to write it off as just one of those funny things <laughs> classic 50s that, i was gonna say they ascribe that to like Every I just hear like a Leave thing. It to Beaver theme song in my head. Just yeah. one of those funny like, things. Oh, he likes boys. That's just one of those silly things. He's just a funny boy. He's just silly. He'll get over it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So he'll grow out of it. Three days later. So the bottles all popped. That was one day. Mm-hmm. And the dad was like, let's forget this. Mm-hmm. Three days later, at the same time, at 3.30, another half dozen bottles exploded from their lids all in different rooms. Oh, my God. A bottle of nail polish burst open. A wow. bottle of rubbing alcohol. Another bottle of bleach. A bottle of detergent, another bottle of starch, and the holy water again. Not the holy water. Not the holy so water. So creepy. The next night, it all happened again with another six bottles. Um, okay, so, so I don't like the six, and I don't like threes. Well, also, if you think about those were three different times, yeah. and they were all six, six, six. Yeah. Yeah, yep. forget it. And the th- times were three, thirty. Yeah, three thirty. So yeah. it's like basically the witching hour, not, but just the daytime Not version. in love with that, really. So this time... After it happening three times in a row, right? James is like, okay, what the fuck is going on? And so he assumes that it must be his son, James Jr. Right. Because his son loves science and science experiments. So he thinks, okay, maybe my son rigged the bottles to pop. And like pouring stuff in them or something. Yeah. So he actually thought it was a... Interesting theory. 
yeah not not totally wrong because i would i would first think like the classic volcano science experiment you would first think there is definitely a poltergeist oh right and then second i'd be rationally then second i'd be like mentos and diet coke (laughs) right then third i'd be like (laughs) youtube viral video okay and then science so he thought that his son might be putting carbonated capsules oh that's an interesting theory okay i didn't even know those existed um me neither maybe they didn't maybe james is just a grown man in the 50s and was like one of those gizmos of yours (laughs) those made on or seen on tv right right. carbonated capsules so james spent the entire weekend secretly observing his son to catch him in the act (laughs) smooth can you just imagine your dad just staring at you even harder than usual and he thinks he's being real discreet somehow while he was watching his son um, his son had not done anything, but several caps popped off bottles of starch, turpentine, and the holy water again, while all the containers rocked back and forth on the shelves. Oh, no. Without any proof of James having done it, James just assumed that it was him because he couldn't think of another explanation, <laughs> and burst into the bathroom while James was brushing his teeth and said, you're rigging the bottles, I know that you're the one doing this. While his son was saying it wasn't him, he was swore that it wasn't him, as if to prove a point, Uh-oh. something made a bottle of medicine move across the top of the sink and fall into the trash can. Oh, my God. Then a bottle of shampoo moved across the sink and fell to the floor. But they also, before they fell anywhere, they moved, they both moved on the sink and they moved in different directions. Oh, so it wasn't like a subtle earthquake or something. Yeah, they they moved in different directions. So it wasn't an accident. Ew. Still skeptical. James looked for hidden wires or strings and didn't know what to do. This is literally Blaze. It's <laughs> like, like, I don't believe my child. Nothing is real. Um, meanwhile, if my kid was like, something is moving and it's not me, oh I'd be like... Oh my god. Th- Your kid would literally put Mentos in a Diet Coke bottle and be like, I didn't do it. And you'd be like, holy shit. I'd be like, we're going to a priest it's right now. Con- I feel like one of <laughs> Call my... Call the priest. I feel like one of like the things my kids are going to have to be worried about is me always threatening an exorcism. I'm just going to be like... <laughs> If you, you tell can't me, fuck with me. It's like, if you tell me there's a ghost, I'm going to believe you. So get ready for me to take you to a priest but and strap you down. they could also do the thing of, like, get away with anything they wanted by blaming a ghost. And I'll probably believe it. I know. I mean, I've... I mean, I know that. <laughs> it's a cross I bear. I've accepted it. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a cross I bear. They'll, they'll get... They'll, they'll know my weakness and the weakness is ghosts. <laughs> so, um... James looked for hidden wires and he didn't know what to do because he couldn't find anything. And the whole time his son is like, dude, I told you I'm not doing this. So (laughs) dude, that's what he said in the fifties at 12. So James, uh, not knowing what to do, he called the police. So then you have to, (laughs) then you have to tell the police like, this is what's going on. There's a bunch of bottles moving around my house. So which must be horrible for a fifties man. Who's so like staunch and staunch in his masculinity to be like uh so, i don't know how to say this so we're just shampoo gonna, bottle fell off we're just gonna rip it off like a band-aid real quick oh and you're gonna come God. here my tylenol fell off the shelf right so apparently the he sounded desperate enough that the officer sent a patrolman mm-hmm. and he the patrolman was very skeptical but once Shocker. he got there multiple bottles popped lids and spewed liquid wow and then flew at him as if to like hit him and get him out of the house oh my god so the patrolman left and said there needed to be a real investigation and a man named detective joseph tozzi t-o-z-z-i oh came to the house also skeptic i feel like everyone's just gonna start a skeptic obviously which exactly rationally sure so detective tozzi he stayed the night and that night a perfume spray bottle flipped itself upside down and spilled perfume all over a bedroom that's never gonna go away it's i was gonna say that (laughs) smell is just permanent now i love scent bird but man don't want it poured on my body i love scent bird but not a pool of scent no no can we put that in the ad yeah (laughs) 
So at this point, the president Pooper loves Pooper loves Senford. Pooper loves Senford. <laughs> Promo code. <laughs> Sorry. Hello, poop. Um, yikes. So at this point, the presence was being called popper because that was all he was really doing except I mean, moving some things I, around it's a cute nickname too lucille later on in life um was interviewed about the house and she described like her experience hearing these popping noises right and this is a quote from her she said all of a sudden you'd hear this loud noise like a popping bottle sound and you'd look around and find a bottle that was 12 feet away from where it was supposed to be oh and all the contents were missing and the bottle was hot to the touch oh oh god that's even creepier most of the actions seemed to be focused on the bottle of holy water that kept popping. Oh, no, 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 And no. so they made sure to pay attention to that every night. And one night after hearing it pop in another room, James ran into the bedroom and found the bottle on the floor, picked it up, and it was red hot. Oh, oh my God. Burning hot holy, holy water. water. Like boiling holy water. Wait, here's my question. Yeah, here's my answer. I have a multi-part question that I've just oh, invented. Boy. Hold on. Here we go. Step one. If, okay, so is the holy water like spilling out? Are they getting new holy water or is it not spilling? I don't think it's spilling. I think it's just moving. It's just popping and then like... I think the lids... Keeping. I think because it's holy water, it can't be touched. And so like the bottle is being touched, uh -huh. but stuff okay. is not being poured out yet. Cool. Okay. So everything is... The, when she said that the bleach was empty, was it like on the floor? All of that was empty. But was that it was like, like all over the place? It was like exploded. Like... Oh, whoa, whoa. Okay. Like so imagine it, a Diet Coke Mentos experience, but it. with turpentine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining it and I'm loving it. Okay. <laughs> So, but rain it, on me turpentine <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah it's like it's, it's like destroying okay. the house so but it so it is going it's not just disappearing it's like going it's like it. volcanoing okay. and landing on the ground two parts second question oh here don't start talking again because oh. i have more questions <laughs> so if holy water i mean i know you said that it just got hot and the holy water didn't boil but like do you think if holy water boils like you know how it evaporates do you think that like it loses its power hmm. i don't know why you would know that or if that's even a thing i'm just wondering like well isn't it like if you boil a no, holy no, water no, on the stove that's a good question. after it's been blessed. Also, someone wrote to us because in like episode three, we asked if you could bless like a tankard of holy water. And somebody wrote to us and said, yes, that priests can bless lakes. Priests can bless any uh -huh. amalgamation of water, no matter what size it is. Anyway. Good to know. No, I don't. I, so that's like a good a question. Spring. I don't know. Well, isn't uh, this is going to make me sound really uneducated, but isn't holy water like. It's, there's like a like a little oil in it or something no it's like, just water just water mm -hmm. i mean i think you could probably put it but like if you bless like a lake or something you don't put any i was thinking if you put something in it they spray holy water on you sometimes but it's not hmm i'm thinking of like water. baptisms how like you're kind of greasy afterwards mm. no i mean you bless people with oil but i think that's different holy water itself is just water right what if it just stays i just i'm like looking at you like eva help <laughs> This is probably not going to help in any real sense, but uh, <laughs> uh, Bless the Rains Down in Africa just started playing in my head, and then Ooh. I started thinking that it could be like the evaporation cycle and it just stays blessed, so oh. it evaporates and then becomes rain, and then all the rains get blessed in Africa. Can you tell that like <laughs> Eva went to school and actually listened in class? Can you tell Eva knows about science and is subtly trying to tell us how science works, where I'm like, what if it boils? Where does it go? But that actually is very interesting because then if you bless a lake and it gets, you know, a hot spring or something and evaporates and yeah. rains, why don't they just bless every water in the world and then we don't have any problems? Holy rain. Like Listen, purple rain. Because once again, I'll just be like, thanks, priests. Like, why haven't you not done this? That should There should be like a task force of priests that have to do that. <sighs> Damn. Eva, write that down. <laughs>
<laughs> Write down the thing that you just told me because I'm too dumb to figure it out. And then sign Perfect. it, Christine, so it looks like she did it. Right, write in my handwriting that you've already learned. Okay, great. No, I always thought that um, holy water, because I know like when you go into a church and you like put your... You, yes, like, it's um, just plain water. Just plain water. I yeah. think I've just always told myself that it felt weird. I think it's kind of one it's of those... those like marble bowls, maybe that's why. Maybe. I think it's just one of those things where it's like my mind playing tricks on me where I'm like, because it's holy, Special. it has to feel different. Sure. So I've always assumed it felt a little I greasier. Mean, I mean, I'm, I feel like now I'm anxious because I'm a Catholic and I'm like, I've spent a lot of my life with holy water, so I should I know. I mean, I'm also like a, a paranormal investigator. I should know what holy water is You know in. what? You know? Maybe that's our weakness. Knowledge. <laughs> Information. Factual-based evidence. <laughs> um, no, holy water is just blessed water. Yeah. Right. There's nothing different about it. I mean, and then they bless wine, which is just I think I just tell myself there's like a weird wine. aura. But no, that makes sense. I mean, there probably is a weird aura, but there's no like oil in it or anything. Okay. Yeah. Let's see if now that I now that I know that for sure, let's see next time I go into a church if I feel if it, it burns. Feels oh, well, maybe because I'm like, you know, LGBT <laughs> and a Jew. Sets you on fire. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo. All right. So Okay, sorry. So uh, that was my question. My pr- multi-pronged question that just spiraled into no, chaos. Bless you for Thank you offering that to us yeah you're welcome so that's so yeah so the holy water was hot to touch Don't because like it was that. trying to evaporate apparently not like that um oh. sorry geo's bored of us that was a yawn Gio. are you for real right now <laughs> he's such a demon <laughs> He's like, don't talk about holy water. It's my kryptonite. I mean, truly, the second we talk about holy water, he's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Geo, spoken like a true Scorpio. Nobody should be surprised by this. Geo, happy baby. Okay, so. Wow. He's been in here for hours and he doesn't, his poor Eva has to pet him every five seconds. Eva, your hand must be tired. Oh. I flew in from, Jesus, nope. stop it. <laughs> um, that same night, after the holy water was <coughs> red hot. Yeah. From evaporating it. in the love rains of Africa. It. Um, the <laughs> kids were watching TV and then I don't know what the, what it was actually a figure of, but a porcelain figure, mm-hmm. which is how it was described everywhere. A porcelain figure rose off the coffee table, hovered in the air for several seconds and then moved on its own inches away from the, uh, from the coffee table and then fell onto the rug. Oh no. So I don't like now it's they... not just popping things. It's moving. I was going to say they're getting, st- it's getting stronger and I don't like it. So they did what anyone in my household would do. They contacted a bishop for an exorcism, <laughs> but they were refused an exorcism because the haunting did not seem to be demonic enough. Oh, sure. I love that they Classic. contacted a bishop. They're like, priests won't do. <laughs> They're like, we got to go to the, the high ranks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Apparently priests are, it's actually very rare to get like convince them because they like yeah. fully so wholeheartedly are in it and like believe it and like you can't. Yeah. They have to like really commit to it. And so like, it's just really hard to convince them to actually do one. Yeah. And also apparently because like, I think it's, they still try to convince people that like, oh, there, there's no reason for exorcisms. Like you can't really get possessed. Like I think they, right. They try really hard they to keep want, the, they the dark s- part. distance themselves from that. Right. And yeah. so I think every time people are like, I need an exorcism. They're like 90% of the time we're going to pretend that those don't actually happen. In the right. World. Well, I mean, and I think a lot of the time probably they don't really is, need it. It is probably kind of not necessarily needed, but that's just me. True. Not you. Well, in but. this case, they were rejected because it wasn't demonic enough and they needed to wait for it to become demonic enough. I guess if it hasn't hurt anyone, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I should probably... Actually, I'll probably do a story on that of, like, what the rules of an exorcism oh, are. Oh, I'd be really interested to hear that. All right. You heard it here first, folks. So, the family, instead of calling a bishop, they're like, we'll do with what we've got. And they called the father of the church next door. Oh, so a priest. So, they called in Father William McLeod to bless the house. Oh, Bill. And... Oh, Billy. 
And once the priest was called, by that time, like since they were now going out of their home to talk about this, somehow it had leaked. And now newspapers, radio and television reports were going on about oh, this story. Um, and the home was 24-7 surrounded by reporters and they were getting random calls from strangers. And <laughs> Great. people were either calling in to give their advice or to explain, like, we don't think you're crazy. We just think, like, you know. Oh, really? Were, well, there was a few crazies out there who... Um, they would call in the middle of the night and be like, it's not you. It's happening to us, too, because the Martians have landed nearby okay. or, um, oh, this isn't your fault. The Russians are tunneling under Long Island to invade oh, New York. And sure. so they a lot of people <laughs> called about like Sputnik being involved. Oh, like, fuck. Because it, it was the 50s. Right. I mean, I'm, right. It was like topical. Yeah. So um, there was a lot of people thinking that they were actually part of a conspiracy that they didn't know about. Ooh, popping bottles. Very, like, Stranger Things. Yeah. And so one man actually came to the house on his own named Robert, and he was a physicist, and he brought his own dowsing rods, which are basically oh, yeah. an EMF detector, but rods. My, I learned that my, um, I think my great-grandma used to use those regularly, and my mom just casually mentioned it, and I was like, I need to know more. And she's like, I'll tell you at Christmas. How many times do I have to tell you that it was written in the stars you were going to get this podcast? <laughs> Like, I mean, my like, mom's like, oh, dowsing rods, please. Like, oh, yeah. I lived in a cemetery my whole life and my grandma would walk around with dowsing rods. <laughs> well, she was like, well, she just used them to find water and I was like, or natural springs, you mm -hmm. know, in yeah. Germany. Yeah. That's yeah. what, I mean, they're used Which for Which is that. what they're used for. Yeah. But I was just like, what? She's <laughs> like, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Meanwhile, let's remember you were at least, I'll you grew up time. in a cemetery. I'll face And also yeah. your mom's Renata, who's like just warded off every like evil in the world. The nut job. So... Robert with the dowsing rods, a.k.a. your grandma, he <laughs> theorized that there were underground streams of water below the property, which was creating a freak magnetic field. Oh, okay. Okay. Poppin'. I get it. Um, meanwhile, Detective Tazi is still on the case. Hot to trot. Obvious. This sounds like a 50s TV show on its own. Detective, <laughs> Detective Tazi. What's the scoop? <laughs> and so, uh... Extra, extra. And so, um... He's still talking to everyone, and he is fact-checking fact checking as much as he can. So he has talked to the RCA, the Air Force, the lighting companies in town, the oh building God. department, and the fire department. So he has a lot of time on his <laughs> He's getting through the whole town. <laughs> so the Air Force confirmed for him that passing jets that created sonic booms could not have been what caused really? the, issues, the issues. The RCA helped him rule out radio waves being responsible. The lighting company did not find any underground vibrations of the house. And the building department confirmed that the house was structurally sound and the fire department checked out the properties well to make sure that the water levels had not changed at all and they had not changed in five years. That's incredible that there was so much background put into, like, work put into this. Yeah. I mean, he was doing his job. Well, he was doing Class that, really. Classic detective. Is that really his job? I don't know. To look up ghosts? To look up... Uh... Yeah, he probably... That's like me in the 50s as a cop. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, the case I've been waiting for. See, do you think that he is the guy <laughs> that, like, they were like, let's take him off the streets and put him on desk duty. And then he's right. like, look at this cool case. And they're like, yeah, you go do that. It's like, you do that one. Good well, luck. we, like, actually deal with Russian spies and you right. know, other important Meanwhile, shit. Sputnik is nearby. But have a good time <laughs> with your ghosts. You can call the RCA. Um, so the family started taking advice from random strangers coming to the door because at this point, like, obviously oh, the God. detective had fact-checked everything and cleared a lot of possible sources. Right. And they just didn't know what to do, so they were taking advice from anyone. So they're just desperate for an answer. Right. Okay. And so they were taking advantage of, like, the media and all that. They were like, please help us. Right. Um, just like us when we run out of stories. We're like, help, email us. <laughs> Tweet us, please. <laughs> so one woman named Helen, who just showed up at the door... She had been there before, but then she was also writing them letters. And during one of her letters, she said that 
she had lived in a house where the furniture moved on its own and she always thought that her house was haunted, but she found out that it was actually a heavy downdraft through her fireplace that was causing it. And it was fixed when she installed a rotary metal turbine into her chimney. Interesting. Which is, by the way, like the least like feminine thing in the 50s like oh i installed my metal turbine hi i'm helen do you want me to install a fucking hi i'm helen the first feminist of our time (laughs) i'm a mechanic let me install this propeller in your house everyone should be a helen guys i love helen i like her too the second you mentioned her name i was like i'm gonna like this broad there's never a helen i've met that i didn't like yeah Uh, honestly me too I like a good Helen. So the Herman family was like, okay, we got to listen to this feminist bitch. So <laughs> <laughs> we have no choice. We've got I to mean, do it. I mean, her name's Helen. I mean, her name's Helen and she's a feminist and it's the fifties and we got to go. Let's do so, it. So they installed. She's the, debunking shit. Yeah. Sorry. It's just like pretty amazing. And she's debunking it like in such an industrial thought, way. Yeah. I thought you were going to say she showed up and was like, yeah, I lived in a haunted house, but she's literally like, oh no, here, I'll she's, show you. What, she's like, if fun. your issues of things are moving around, that was my like, issue I'll too. I'll fucking fix your problem. God, such such oh, a strong woman. Helen's a badass. So the Herman family was like, obviously Helen knows what's going on. So <laughs> they installed the exact same turbine into their chimney. However, the second they did that, Uh-oh. a porcelain figure flew across the room from one table to the desk over 12 feet away. Uh-oh. It smashed into the desk so hard that it left a dent in the wood. Oh, my God. And uh, that was a sign that the poltergeist was there to stay. Well, I was going to say the turbine's not working. Well, so both. Well, yes. Yes. So we're both right. A and B. Oh, my God. Um, also, this is where apparently it was broadcast to television audiences all over New York. That oh. was the TV part. Somehow. Okay. So the turbine failing and all that. Yeah. It says that when the porcelain figure flew after they tried to install the, the sure. turbine, that part had, they had a TV crew in there to see if anything would change. And then nothing changed and they actually caught that on camera. Guys, find that. But I don't know where I could find that. And, like, I don't know why that's not more written about. Wait, Eva, didn't you used to work at, like, writers? Can you go to, like, the archives? (laughs) (laughs) Where they wrote this? (laughs) I don't imagine. (laughs) So, a few days later, another figure flew across the desk and so did a bottle of ink that popped its lid, flew across the room, and splashed all over the walls. I was going to say that's fucking messy. So that's messy. So it smells like perfume that's covered in ink. So, oops. Also, a sugar ants. bowl, a sugar bowl also flew across the table in front of Detective Tazi. So now there's ants, too. So now there's ants. Great. Ugh, woof. And they're all <laughs> blue because of the ink. Um, <laughs> they're leaving so, little footprints, little ant footprints all over the carpet. Oh, the ants go marching. <laughs> so, um, I got distracted. I love, I'm sorry. I'm derailing you every two seconds. It's okay. It's making I'm for a so good sorry. show. <laughs> Maybe I should have kept this as a live show if you're going to derail I can't me left and right. myself. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> keep it up. So a sugar bowl flew across the table where there are now ants and it tried to hit Detective Tazi. Hmm. And then again, the next morning, the sugar bowl flew across the other side of the room and shattered into pieces. Oh, God. After that, the family left for the weekend and Detective Tazi stayed in the house on his own. Oh, dangerous. That night, Tazi woke up to a loud noise in James Jr.'s room where nobody was sleeping, and when he went to check, a large bookcase had fallen face down onto the floor. Holy shit. When uh, the family came back, James was in his room, and a record player hovered in the air and then flew 15 feet across the room at him. No! That same week, a statue of the Virgin Mary oh, that was in the bedroom. Uh-uh. In the bedroom. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. That's how I do. De- my decor is all... Is all virgin statues. Virginal. Um, they... Yeah, the statue of Virgin Mary in the bedroom flew more than 12 feet and then smashed into a mirror. Fuck. Another bookcase filled with encyclopedias was turned upside down. A heavy glass centerpiece from the dining room table flew from the table to the cupboard. 
and a globe flew down the hallway chasing after <laughs> Detective Tazi. Can you imagine, like, <laughs> being at the end of a hall and seeing a globe floating at the you, globe. and you're like, oh, no. And it's, like, spinning a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that image. I love it, too. I'm telling I, you, it's a 50s TV show. It's so... It's a it's, sitcom. It's like, get cultured. And like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you where Asia Minor is. <laughs> also, a newspaper photographer came to do a story um, about them and his flashbulbs all lifted off the table at the same time and threw themselves into a wall, breaking on impact. Oh, fuck. So they were like, no, no, you're not actually those. Photograph this. Yeah, fuck off. So um, Popper at this point is now also knocking on walls to get attention. Oh, that creeps me out. But nobody ever tried to communicate back because they were smarter than that. Oh, I mean, finally. Meanwhile, at Duke University, the parapsychology lab had Mm. heard about this whole family and wanted to look into it. And it, it was a research team led by Dr. J.B. Ryan, and they were studying psychokinesis, which is when um, certain people can influence objects without touching them. Right. Okay. Like Matilda. Like Matilda. Right. Um, and to see, uh, they did some tests where they got the, they practiced it in their own lab. They tried to recreate it, and they wanted to see if pressure was building in the bottles to pop. And so they tried to put dry ice in the containers with screw caps. But the gas just passed through the spaces between the bottom and the lid, so oh. the caps never actually popped. So they really tried to... They wow. tried to re- They tried a, a bunch of different ways to try to make bottles pop on their own, but the only thing they could do was they made a bottle of thin glass explode, but it had to be thin glass, and in the 50s everything was that thick glass. Yeah, sure. And the cap didn't actually pop off. It stayed on the neck of the bottle. It just... The whole thing just exploded. So that was different than what was happening. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they weren't able to figure it out. And as things progressed... Gio, no... Gio, don't you want to, honey? Gio oh, still has an ouchie because we haven't... Because we've been recording uh, It hasn't been two weeks since I haven't <laughs> brought him to the vet. It's been two hours, so he's going to the vet tomorrow. Gio, don't you want your tushy like that? It's an ouchie. Hi, I love you. Oh, yeah. So they had tested all these bottles, and so they tried to recreate it, and it wasn't popping off. Sure. So they still don't know how the bottles were doing that on their own, let alone, like, a 10-year-old doing a science experiment. Right, right, right. Is he bored? No, he's scratching and he's waiting for me to not look at him so he can keep look scratching. Look at him, he won't look at you in the eye. No, he knows what, he knows what he's doing. I know, it's hilarious. He keeps glancing at me. Oh, well, that, is that okay? I don't know. That's on his belly, that's where the skin started patching. Hey, buddy, oh. I know you're itchy, honey. I'm sorry. Oh, poor guy. He probably doesn't even know it's all scratched off. Oh. Oh, what is that? Was that a back scratch? scratch. He's such that? a lazy bum. I don't know what that sound was. It was like his body was like... (laughs) His butt. So as things progressed and more activity started happening in the house, Dr. Ryan's assistant, Dr. Pratt, went to the house to actually see the family instead of just trying to recreate it in a lab. And Pratt believed that someone in the house... Because also, remember, they're studying psychokinesis. Sure. So Pratt believed that someone in the house was unknowingly causing the strange incidents to occur with their mind. Oh. Much more realistic. Wow. <laughs> so, um. I don't know if you're kidding or not. No, no, no. I'm not. <laughs> or I am. I am. Okay. I was Who like, knows? Who with knows? M, you never know. So, uh, the research team noted that there was Lucille Jr., who was an adolescent girl. Mm-hmm. And oh. adolescent girls are always around during poltergeist, poltergeist cases because they are, in theory, actually causing the activity themselves. Right. Because they're going through so many hormonal emotional changes and... female teen angst in a in a patriarchy is just because girls a wild drug <laughs> right <laughs> um they believe that 
teens in general are capable of psychokinesis during the height of puberty. Right. And that's why they're usually more sensitive to spirits coming towards them. And if there ever is a poltergeist activity, 90% of the time, those cases are families with teenage kids. What? Right. Interesting. Um, and usually they happen to also be girls because they are more angsty because they've got more challenges. I can I confirm that. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, from my own personal experience. Yes. And so James Jr., um, because he was... Do you mind? I'm sorry. Are we boring you, sir? He's just yawning through my whole story, man. I'm talking about my angsty teenage years and he's yawning. He's literally... You're 21 now, Gio. You don't get to complain anymore. You were 14 a couple weeks ago and now you're 21. Yeah, you get over your angsty face. So... Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe boys are angstier look at him i mean he's also a scorpio though that's true so let's remember that different breed he's a scorpio and he's a shih tzu so you are he's 50 percent shih tzu that's the most scorpio dog i've ever met wow isn't it though isn't it geo he won't look at you, you <laughs> look me in the eyes when you're gonna yawn at me he happy sneaky baby bug he sweet babu my happy baby boy okay oh my god he looks at me like see i don't need you <laughs> Gio, did you know that Funkle M has a dog park right next to their home now? Oh, you can't say that word. The DP word. Oh, I mean, a fun place to go. A fun place to go. Yay. We could go together sometime and we can have Snuggle Fest. Yay. In your dino onesie. In my dino onesie. <laughs> All right. Moving on, I think. Nobody's here anymore. Um, so they believed uh, that teens were capable of psychokinesis during the height of puberty. Sure. And James Jr., because he happened to be the one that was blamed for all of these bottles popping, and he did happen to be near the scene of the bottles popping at least, like, 75% of the time. Right. Um, They're like, well, maybe it's not the girl in this case, maybe because he's also a teenager, maybe he's the one causing this activity because he's the one that's next to the bottles when they always happen to pop. So Dr. Pratt wanted to see if James Jr. was involved or if his teen angst was causing this. (laughs) And um, so... He hung out, he he went to actually visit the home and made sure to monitor James Jr. specifically and see how he was carrying himself and if he saw any stress. And there was no sign of any strange behavior. There was no sign of any poltergeist activity. It was almost like the poltergeist was intentionally quiet and did not want to perform for them. Okay. Um, but the argument was also, okay, well, he knows we're on to him and right. he's not going to do anything. He doesn't want to lead you to the answer. Right. So after the scientists left, because they were like, okay, well, we're not getting anything... After they left, a dish lifted itself oh. from the kitchen cabinet and shattered itself on the floor oh. in front of the entire family. Fuck. I feel like that's such a classic thing. Like, oh, we we reach for, out for help and then yeah. it doesn't do like, anything. Oh, you thought you were safe. It's so frustrating. Right. And then like the second they leave, it's like, I'm fucking back. It's extra scary of like, I know what you were trying to do. Yes. You thought you could get away from me. And now it's angrier. And now I'm more pissed. Ugh. And, and I'm no one sure can you know. see it and you can't prove it. Exactly. Ugh, how fucked up. That's what I'm going to do if I die before you. I'm just going to smack you in the face all the time. And you're going to be like, what? And no <laughs> Please, one's, I swear. No one's going to believe <laughs> no, you. Bla- I mean, you know no one's going to believe me. Because <laughs> I live with Blaze and my brother. Um, after the scientists left. Oh, yeah. So a dish lifted itself from the kitchen cabinet and shattered itself on the floor. That night, um, James. Dude, are you still so, so sleepy? He's trying to get my attention. I'm going to keep giving in. That night, James's bedside table flipped over while they were sleeping, mm. and a bowl moved from either end of the dining table back and forth and then hovered in the air and then smashed to the Holy floor. Holy shit. A week later, Lucille and the kids were getting into bed when they heard a loud pop sound in the basement, 
and they went downstairs to see what it was, and they found a bleach bottle without its lid sitting in the center of the room. Oh, I don't like the center of the room thing. Well, nobody knows why, but that was the last time the poltergeist ever did anything. What? As of 1985, when scientists were still looking at this case, um, researchers at Duke still don't know what happened or why or how. And in those five weeks where there was activity, there were... A total of 67 instances, all were reported to the police. Holy shit. Out of those 67, 64 of them involved moving objects, and the other three were just um, thumps and knocking. Okay. So there were 64 individual times where they were moving objects. Oh, my God. Out of 64, 40 of those times involved the same 16 objects. So it was just the same objects over and over and over again. And out of, um, I know I'm giving you a lot of numbers, but... So it was mainly 16 objects. Right. More than half the time. And also out of those 64 moving object instances, 23 of them were bottle poppings. Wow. Okay. So Detective Tazi has been interviewed since, and he said, I myself several times have heard and observed these events. So even a a cop in the 50s is like saying this is true. And this story is uh, one of the main contributors and loose inspirations for the movie Poltergeist. Really? Um, So this was somehow, but I still don't know how, one of the first publicized ghost stories which made TV appearances. (laughs) On Gilligan's Island. And it was also on the cover of Life magazine, apparently. Interesting. So everyone was hearing about it. That is crazy. It was also um, very weird. It was, like, very close to the Amityville house. Uh, Well, I was about to ask how far it was, because it's the same spot. Yeah. It was so close to the Amityville house that the spirit that was buried under the house in amityville that they think was a native american chief right they think that the same native american chief is the same spirit that was popper the poltergeist so that's how close they were what to each other the fuck and also because the amityville case and the popper the poltergeist case happened within a decade of each other and right. children were involved in both families right both of those children have grown up and they have all been asked to interview about their experiences, but none of them wish to comment. Wow. So that's interesting, too. It wasn't like yeah. they were in it for, well, I mean, the kids, but. Yeah. Holy shit. So all the kids are like, please don't ask me about this. I just want to forget. What the fuck? Well, that's interesting that, like, everyone has heard about Amity, but not everyone has. I mean, yeah. I've never heard about this. I guess because Amity, I mean, is, like, much more detailed and had, like, a whole sure. murder case oh, before. you're right, you're right, you're right. And it was, like, just a wild demonic experience this like i guess in comparison is just like bottles just are like popping bleach everywhere bottles <laughs> popping like at a bar in the club in the club bottles anyway. popping a club not a bar m oh whoops sorry sorry popping bottles <laughs> anyway scissorp scissorp yes <laughs> we're cool still we're hip eva remember how cool we are <clears throat> yep you're not writing it down i see eva so scissorp <laughs> all right that was the story of popper slash pooper the poltergeist wow that was a good that was a really good one then a lot of banter in that one. I liked it. I would not leave you alone. Do you love it? I really liked it. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. I feel like I I'm like when you talk to me. Highly annoying. I like feeling acknowledged. <laughs> I like to make you feel seen. So does Gio. That's why he yawns whenever I open my mouth. <laughs> he definitely likes to do that. He he really likes to steal the center stage. I can tell he's bored, but also he doesn't want to stop getting attention, so he can't decide. He keeps getting up and then going, hmm. He's like, hmm, but Eva's hand is so but nice and soft. if I kick soft. Eva in the boob one more time, maybe I'll get some more pets. Do you know we're talking about you? Is that so funny? Is that so nice? Oh, he's not amused. He's like, I know what you're doing. Yeah, he knows full well. 
Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. And that's why we drink is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your terms. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I don't know this for a fact, but it's my opinion that there is no easier way to build a website than Squarespace because of this drag-and-drop technology. It gets better every year, and it is just, you when you think it can't get any better and easier, it does. I've been using Squarespace <laughs> since 2017. Um, and in that time, they have just proven themselves to be the best and easiest way to make a website. So anytime I make a website for any reason, that's where I go. When you're ready to get started, you can use one of Squarespace's professional website templates with designs for every category, and then you can customize it. You can customize the look, add new content, add features to fit your unique needs. It's just a great spot to have a landing page for you, for your business, for whatever it is you're trying to market or showcase. Squarespace is the best platform to use, in my opinion. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So I have another story for you. And guess what? What? I tried to find a really like less traumatizingly dark story than the one last time, mm-hmm. um, which was the story of uh, Hannah and Jesse. Hannah and Morgan. <clears throat> My CNU alum. Kind of. Well, Morgan and Hannah were the ones who were killed, but then Jesse was the killer. Was the killer, right? Um, and so I th- tried to find something less dark, and I failed. So, oh, good. Good well, luck. <laughs> can't wait. So yesterday, Blaze came downstairs, and I was sitting kind of in the dark with like one light bulb on, and he was like, "What's going on?" And I was <laughs> like, "I feel very sad." So we watched a lot of King of the Hill for many hours. Nice. But otherwise, here it is. Oh, good. Everyone, <laughs> tune into King and of Blaise the Hill. Blaze was like, what happened in it? And I was like, you don't want to know. He's like, I don't. <laughs> Everyone, set your uh, set your TVs to King of the Hill and Hulu. press pause. Just start, just uh, yeah. came on yeah, Hulu. Yeah. Oh, my God. My brother. We okay, because my brother and Allie started watching it, and then they were like, well, we have to, like, download it illegally because it's, like, or not illegally, but, like, they have to find <laughs> streaming sites, and it's... Oh, Gio literally couldn't get up the couch. His he legs are not... so much freaking attention. <laughs> Help, I can't get up. <laughs> Help, I've fallen. King of the Hill was one of the shows that I watched all the time growing up. Oh, it's so good. I know. And I've always loved it. And so my brother and Allie started watching it, and they kept referencing it, and so I felt left out. And we couldn't find it anywhere, because you have to watch it, like, streaming on the internet. Yeah. And then 
three days later, Hulu was like, just released King of the Hill, added on Hulu. And so now Blaze and I are trying to catch up. They're like way ahead of us. But it's a great show. It's well, an un, uh, what you call it? Underrated show. I think it's underrated. Well, everyone go to Hulu, type in King of the Hill, and then press pause and get ready to press play after you hear the story. <laughs> and also look at Bobby and go, wow, that really is Christine. <laughs> Christine <laughs> definitely is Bobby. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I relate so hard to him. Between him and Linda Belcher, I just really don't even know who you are anymore. That's right. I was going to say something about Bob's Burgers, too. I mean, when don't you? I mean, today they released the Thanksgiving episode. Maybe that's what it was. Okay, so this is the story of Katie Harris and Crystal Searles. Okay. So, Katie and Crystal. Mm -hmm. So, we're going back to New Year's Eve uh, in 1999. Mm -hmm. Um, Where were you? 1999? uh, New Year's Eve, yeah. New Year's Eve. Turning into Y2K. I was at Chelsea Morris's house. Oh my god, that sounds so fun. I'm so jealous I wasn't invited. Chelsea Morris was one of the popular girls when we were in elementary school, and she called herself Seymour. And... (laughs) I mean, I call myself Chrissy Kiwi, so I guess I can't judge. Chelsea Morris, um, the only reason that I was hanging out with, like, one of the cool kids is because we live in the same neighborhood, and our parents were friends and part of the same, like, oh. party group. I felt really like, threatened that you hung out with the cool, cool kids. No, that was not, that was totally that by the accent. norm. Okay. It was because our friends, our parents were friends, and they, like, my mom, true to Linda form, had, like, a group of people that she had, like, monthly, like, parties and get-togethers yes. with. And Chelsea Morris's parents were also part this of that. Sounds like my stepmom. And we were neighbors, so sometimes we hung out. So I got invited, and I remember hanging out in her parents' bedroom. We were all together watching a movie, and then I heard our parents downstairs screaming about how it was the new millennium, and my mom was like, you don't even know how cool this is. And I was like, you're right. And then I went back and watched. <laughs> you're right, bitch. I mean, I was, to be fair, I was eight. I, I mean, wasn't even, I was seven. Oh, well, I was eight. Yeah. So I really did not know how interesting that was i mean it was a thing later i feel like years later people were like oh yeah we all thought we were gonna computers were gonna take over and kill i mean us. i would have been one of those people for sure i know you would which just makes terrifying. me really happy we're not living in y2k <laughs> but i was in salt lake city oh yeah and i was at a ski resort with ellen my stepmother yeah and we were dancing and drinking a lot of champagne and at eight well she was drinking a lot of champagne and I got, I got some offers and i was like no my mom wouldn't like that and- yikes Shh, don't tell her i said that uh <laughs> i was being a living doll as per usual yes i mean um, it's family tradition right <laughs> it's family tradition she did throw a glass so yes yep. correct it was Correction. family tradition um we were in salt lake city at a ski resort i forget what it was called it's very famous i don't remember and we were celebrating y2k and i remember afterward everyone was like great we didn't die and i was like were we gonna die <laughs> And everyone was like, well, yeah, we thought the computers were going to kill us. And I was like, that's like what the fuck. Ch- that's like what the children say after, like, the purge. It's like, yeah. well, were we going to die? Yeah, what? wait, I didn't fucking know about that. I didn't that. sign up for this. I wouldn't have spent my day, like, watching my stepmom dance. <laughs> I would have had other plan- things planned. But anyway, so I remember I was at a fucking, like, bougie-ass ski resort in yep. Utah. I don't know. But I remember it being 2000 and I danced with my stepmom. It was All really right. fun. Really fun times. My mom was probably in her hot pink suit downstairs. Oh, so. absolutely. Her power suit. Her power suit. Right. Obviously. Where she absorbs all of her powers, I'm sure. Just like soaks them up. Yep. All right. So anyway, we're in December 31st, 1999. Eva, where were you? I... Sorry. I'm so annoying. I played the best Y2K prank on, <gasps> on New Year's Oh, I'm Eve so glad I asked. She was holding this to herself like... <laughs> Did everyone think you were going to die? No, well... Is that the prank? 
that's kind of unclear because my, my dad's so did you into, rig the computer okay well, sorry kind of kind of you're kind of on the right track because my dad's so into computers i'm not sure if he actually believed it or just talked about it a lot but me and my friend we had like family friends over and so me and my friend uh while all the adults were like in the living room like watching everything we were kind of on the outskirts and we fucking coordinated the shit out of this and we turned oh my off God. all the lights including the christmas lights we brilliant. even thought to turn Wait, off the christmas brilliant. tree light and all the parents, because they had been joking about it all night long, and then, because I don't think they really believed it, but then when we turned all the lights off, I st- distinctly remember my friend's mom screaming, Oh my god, it happened! <laughs> Wait! Oh my god! That's so epic! Why didn't you put that on your resume on ZipRecruiter? We would have hired you faster! That's so epic. I'm so proud of you. That is a highlight. That's a life fucking That's highlight. That's like a snapshot moment, for sure. Like... Uh, I'm so proud of you. I'm so Eva. I'm so proud of you. My brother just got home, so I think Gio's freaking out that. Wow, that's a good story, though. I'm glad you asked Eva where she was. I just my I, story, like Chelsea Morris. Okay. Do you know what I had a I had a like a like a buzz? There was like a buzz coming from Eva, and I'm like, Eva has a fucking story, and she's not going to say anything. It's like she's too she's nice. She's a classy broad. Yeah, unlike us, we're just classy like, broad. A broadcast. Let me tell you about myself. But she's a classy broad. And yes, so I was like, she percent. has a fucking story, I bet you. And she did. She, and came, she, she came prepared. <laughs> wow, a Y2K prank is so good. And it's we'll, like it's like the prank where like the dad is watching his like daughter at the sleepover doing the Ouija board and he's like turning all the lights off on yeah, purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like only once every thousand years. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's like extra but, special. But like you got the millennium special. Yeah. Wow, well, exactly. it's so good. Anyway. Oh, it's so good, the millennium special. Oh. Is that the title of our show? I think so. That's Eva, actually. Okay. Our Millennium Special. <laughs> oh, what Poopy a... the Poltergeist and the Millennium Special. <laughs> oh, man. What a what a gem. All right. So let's talk about really horrible things. Okay, good. I'm glad we got all the happiness out of <laughs> the way. Easy transition. Yeah. December 31st, 1999. We're all over the world. Yes. Except you guys are in the same state. But I'm in Utah. Okay. Ten-year-old Crystal Searles and her little sister, who's seven, are visiting friends in Del Rio, Texas, in preparation for their family's move from Kansas to Del Rio. So the kids went first to stay with their friends while their parents were packing up to move down. The friends they were staying with, uh, they were the Harris family, and they also had a few kids, including a 13-year-old named Katie. So Katie and Crystal were sharing a room with bunk beds, and Crystal's little sister, okay, it's, I think it's Marque, I couldn't figure this out, M-A-R-Q-U-E. Okay. Marque? I don't know. Mark? Is it a person? Yeah, it's a little sister. Okay. Oh, okay. So, I mean... I, I guess Marque. Technically, it's pronounced Mark, but then I'm like, I don't think that the little girl was named Mark. Maybe Marky. Yeah, I've heard Marky. Oh, Marky. Okay. Marky. Okay. So, Marky, the seven-year-old. So, she wanted to sleep on the floor with the older girls, but classic older sister move, Crystal and Katie told her she wasn't allowed. Because, you know, they're 13 and 10 and she's seven, oh, which at the so- time goodbye huge difference right so they're like no you can't sleep with us so she went to bed fuming um all she wanted to do was like have a sleepover with her older sister and they wouldn't let her so she's in bed she's fucking furious and she just ends up going to bed in the other room across the hall that night 10 year old crystal is asleep in the top bunk and she wakes up to a yelp below her Mm. she sticks her head up and she sees a bearded man oh no i know i know it goes dark real fast with dark curly hair and dark eyes standing above 13-year-old Katie, her friend. The man grabs Katie, holds his hand over her mouth, and slits her throat. 
and then stabs her 16 times. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. So Crystal watches as Katie falls to the floor, then pushes herself back. And she says, while this is happening, she says Katie is looking at her like, stay quiet. Like her eyes are just like, oh my God. Pe- like staring directly at her. Like, don't fucking yeah. make a noise. So after this happens, like her instinct, she just like pushes herself back against the wall and the man leaves the room. But right as he reaches the doorway, he glances back one more time and he sees her oh, no. in the top bunk. So he starts walking back to Crystal and she starts saying, I'll be quiet. I promise I won't say anything. But when he reaches Crystal's bed, he grabs her and he cuts her throat. <gasps> it's not good. It's not good. Oh my God. Then he turns the light off, leaves the room and shuts the door behind him. And Katie says, or Crystal says she faked dead. Uh-huh. She was still conscious and she fakes dead. He turns, he like watches her. She pretends she's unconscious. He turns the light, light off and leaves the room. So miraculously, she's still alive. Um, she crawls out of bed and over to Katie's body, and Katie is still barely alive. Oh, my God. And she's, like, gurgling and choking because yeah. her throat has been cut. So <clears throat> Crystal is trying to comfort her, and that's when she realizes she can't talk because her windpipe has been oh, no. completely severed. So she's staying with Katie, and she's, like, trying to, like, comfort her. Um, and then when Katie kind of – it was very quick. She stopped breathing or making any noise, and that's when Crystal says her survival mode kicked in. And a voice in her head told her, get up, come on, go, don't lay here, you have to go. So at this point, she manages to crawl her way outside. And she's thinking, you know, probably everyone in this house is dead. Right, like, right. This guy but just, I would think that too. Exactly. Like, obviously, he, he killed us because he knows he everyone else is here. Yeah. yeah. I'm 10. Like, I'm sure he knows there's other adults and yeah. stuff. So she's, like, convinced everyone's dead. Um, and so her survival mode kicks in. And she crawls outside and notices a light on down the street. So she drags herself walking, but she drags herself... To this other house can and you starts imagine being that neighbor. No, can you fucking imagine? I mean, this gets wild too. Even this neighbor story. So she starts banging on the door, and a man inside, like rationally, keeps asking, "Who's there?" He doesn't want to answer the door in the middle. Yeah, of she the can't night. shout. She can't say anything. And so she's she can't talk, obviously. So she's like just banging, and the guy. I mean, thankfully, it's a guy who's either dumb or brave enough to open the door because right, I feel like right. if someone were banging on my door all night and I couldn't I'd be like, "See ya," I'd be like, "I'm not gonna open the fucking door." Yeah. Right. So he opens the door um, and he sees Crystal with her throat cut and she couldn't speak, obviously. So she wrote down three things. One, the Harrises are hurt. Two, tell them to hurry. And three, will I live? Question mark. And there are fucking photographs of these scribbled notes. And like the ones that say the Harrises are hurt and tell them to hurry are very like like she's writing and then as she goes on they just get like more and more like frenzied and like i mean she's 10 yeah but they get just more and more like um it looks like a drunk person's writing them yeah. like they're just I mean, like she's just sloppy. like throwing her hand down on the paper exactly trying to get it out and so the writing's frantic um the papers are drenched in blood so like they have photos of these fucking notes and they're just like soaked i'm like what is they're so dirty i'm like oh right her fucking throat's bleeding out oh like drenched in blood um, and then on the side, which like they didn't mention, but on the side of the note, oh my God, it says in, that's the one that's the most scribbled and the hardest to read. It says my neck needs help. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. So he obviously, this neighbor called 911 and that they actually played the audio in the, uh, 48 hours clip that I watched. And he's like, there's a little girl here. Like you need to come here right now. And she's really, really hurt. Uh, Crystal's airlifted to the hospital where she undergoes emergency surgery. Um, there was a five inch cut on her neck 
and the knife had slashed diagonally through her larynx. Oh no! And Mr. can she talk now? Is she? Can she talk these days? Okay, I'll tell you. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. And it had missed her carotid artery by one or two millimeters. But fortunately, she survived miraculously. And the second she woke up from surgery, she's like, "I'm ready to fucking talk." And she could fucking talk. She could. Yes. Yes. I okay. just wanted to like ease your worry. Oh my god. So investigators immediately bring in a forensic sketch artist and she describes what the man looks like. And then they brought a photo lineup based on her sketch or based on her description in the sketch. And Crystal looks at all the photos and then pointedly directs her finger at a man named Tommy Lynn Sells. And she's like, that's the one. She can barely talk, but she's like, that's him. So investigators immediately drive to this guy, Tommy Lynn's house around 530 a.m. that day. The doors open. So they walk in. And Tommy Lynn Sells meets them at the doorway, and the first words out of his mouth are, I'm glad I finally got caught. I was tired of doing this. What? Motherfucker. Oh, my God. So they arrest him for murder immediately, and uh, soon after, they this guy directs them to the murder weapon, which they find in the backyard. It was an 11-inch butcher knife that had been sharpened so many times, the blade itself was like extremely thin at the top oh my god and sharp like he had just sharpened it so many times that the it was like distorted how sharp it was so they took tommy lynn into the sheriff's office and he immediately confessed everything to their surprise um he also agreed to do a walkthrough of the crime scene which is on videotape which i watched in an episode of 48 hours and it is very eerie he climbs in the window he's like oh this window this is the one i climbed into and he like climbs in and they're videotaping it in like ugh, oh my god so gross oh my god he says he climbed in through the window he saw katie sleeping in her bunk bed he sliced off her bra shorts and underwear and began fondling her oh my god she wiggled free stood up and screamed so uh cells then turned on the light and moved to block the door but katie saw blood and said you cut me so then he moved behind her put his hand over her mouth and cut her cut her throat twice which is <sighs> what when uh crystal woke up and saw that part yeah um, and stab- stabbed her 16 times. Um, and in the video, he's like, he's a mullet. He's like super matter of fact, just like walking around in a button down with his hands in his pockets. Like, yep, this is what I did here. And then I uh, walked oh over here God. and uh, saw her and cut off her bra. And I mean, this girl's 13. And uh, he's like, so I'll just cut her throat. She was screaming. It's like, holy mother of God. Do we find out what's wrong with him? This bastard. Do we find out? Uh, yeah, I talk about him in a little bit. Okay. I do. Okay. I mean, a lot is wrong with him. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously. Oh, my God. So this confession was only the beginning because following his arrest and on the way to jail, he's pretty quiet until he says, I guess you want to know about the other murders. And they're like, yes, please. What the fuck? Because, like, they were shocked that he even admitted to this one. Well, I mean, like, when he does say, like, I'm so glad I finally got caught. I was getting tired of this. My first thought would have been like, what else have you done? <laughs> Why? That's a good point. <laughs> Why? What else have you done? I'm tired of this. Right. It seems like it's a habitual thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so he confesses over the next couple months to a string of murders all over the United States spanning three decades. Um, he says he nicknamed himself. <laughs> so he nicknamed himself Coast to Coast to describe uh, both his migratory lifestyle and his trail of killings. He traveled by hopping trains and stealing vehicles and made money by working, panhandling, or stealing. So he's basically like a migrant, like traveling Mm -hmm. the U.S. And he loves to call himself Coast to Coast, which is like, you know, a person who gives himself a nickname. Right, right, right. Obviously a winner. (laughs) Even though I just admitted that I called myself Chrissy Kiwi. Fuck. Well, 
this is different. <laughs> so Sells is believed by police to have murdered at least 22 people. Those are the confirmed kills. Mm-hmm. Um, retired Texas Ranger John Allen said, we did confirm 22, but I know there's more. I know there's a lot more. So when Sells was a child, so I'm going to just kind of go into like his own sure, little yeah. mini history. So when Sells was a child... Um, his twin sister died of meningitis and he was sent to live with his aunt in Holcomb, Missouri. And when he was eight, he started spending time with a man named Willis Clark, who began to molest him with the consent of his own mother. What? Yeah. IDK. He oh my God. L- apparently his parents knew or his mother knew about this and she's like, it's fine. Oh. Um, he later said he would relive these abusive experiences while committing his crimes. He says he committed his first murder at age 15. Uh, while breaking into a house, he says he climbed into the house and he claims to have discovered a man performing fellatio on a young boy and that he killed this man in a fit of rage. Mm. However, like a, he's trying to play vigilante in this case. Yes. Got it. And they have not been able to confirm <clears throat> that this is true and they've not been able to like pin this to an actual murder that happened got it so this is not one of the 22 that were confirmed this is like got it. just an extra one that he claims he did that they're like well he says his first murder was like a exactly like a vigilante thing but like we can't confirm that so then cells who is homeless at this point hitchhiked and train hopped across the united states from 1978 to 1999 committing various crimes along the way he had several very short-term manual labor and barber jobs he drank heavily abused drugs was in jail several times and then in july of 1985 um, when he was 21 he worked at a carnival in forsyth forsyth missouri forsyth i don't know in missouri you know i don't know uh where he met 28 year old ina court and her four-year-old son rory court uh ina she invited him to her home that evening and he according to him according to cells he had sex with her fell asleep and awoke to find her stealing from his backpack so he beat her to death with her son's baseball bat oh. and then murdered her son because the child was a potential witness oh my god so those bodies were found three days later and at that point he'd already left town so that one was a confirmed okay kill so he was 21 at that point um, in October 1987, Sells was living in Winnemucca, 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 Nevada, uh, with 20-year-old Stephanie Stroh, and he convinced to drugging her with LSD, then strangling her and dip- disposing of her body by weighing her feet down with concrete and putting her body into a hot spring in the desert. Oh, my God. And then in 1990, he stole a truck in Wyoming and was sentenced to 16 months imprisonment, where he was diagnosed with personality disorder consisting of antisocial, borderline, and schizoid features, substance abuse disorder, which included opioid, cannabis, amphetamines, and alcohol dependence, bipolar disorder, major depressive disorder, and psychosis. He was diagnosed with all of that. Everything. All of it. All of the above. The whole menu. Yep. Including all the drug abuse. Wow. Yeah. Drug and alcohol abuse. And at this point, he's, you know, in his 20s. Like, he's still... A young guy. Yeah. Oh and he's God. been, and he started apparently smoking when he was like, smoking marijuana when he was like seven. So like, he's been on everything since childhood. Right, right, right. Wow. So in May of 1992, Sells um, raped, knifed, and beat a woman with a piano stool in Charleston, West Virginia. What the fuck? And then the following year, he was sentenced to two to 10 years imprisonment for malicious wounding. Okay. <laughs> Even though he had, so that was for that crime, but the rape charge was dropped for that. And then while serving that sentence, he was also diagnosed with bipolar disorder and then married a woman named Nora Price. Okay. So that happened at the same time, apparently. 
he met this woman named Nora. A lot of things going on that year. And he met her while he was in jail. And then when he was released, um, he moved uh, to Tennessee with her. With got Nora. it. So he lived with her for a short period of time. And then he got, he was like, I'm over it. And he left and resumed his cross-country travels. Travels. Right, got quote it. Quote, unquote. Got mur- it. Murder spree. Um, and then in 1999, so that was when he committed the murder of Katie mm-hmm. Harris, the 13-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. So, despite the fact he'd admitted to 22 murders and may have been... Well, he actually admitted to 70. And then they were like, well, he might be pushing it to, like, get more leverage. Right. By saying, oh, I know where bodies are and stuff. But they knew, for a fact, 22 murders. And then they said he might be responsible for 50 more. Uh, Tommy Lincells was ultimately convicted of just one. What? Which was the... Katie? uh, Murder of Katie. Yes. Okay. Because they were like, well... We're going to convict him of this one without the the, the jury didn't even know about the other ones because, you know, they they get a jury and they're not supposed to know about this person or their it's right. like for this one trial for this one. Right. And I'll tell you why they didn't have to convict him of anything else. I'll tell you after this. <laughs> Just okay. wait one minute. So 10 year old <clears throat> Crystal, actually crazy enough, was the key witness in the trial against wow. him. Wow. And when they asked if she wanted to be brought through the back so she wouldn't have to walk by cells in the courtroom, she said, I'm not scared of him and walked right past him <gasps> in the courtroom. And if you watch like 40, I watched like the 48 hours special on this and it's like, she's so tiny. I mean, she's 10 years old. She's like tiny, tiny little girl. Um, and she's like, they walk her past. She's and she, her head is shaved because they've been like doing surgery on her. She's just tiny. And she's like, I wasn't scared of him. And she, the, the whole show, the whole episode is her when she's 20 years old recounting all of this. So, like, she's basically saying, I was so ready to, like, put this man away and be like, you hurt my friend and, like, you can't hurt me anymore. Yeah. And I survived you and da-da-da. Wow, what a strong-ass woman. No, truly. Like, honest to God, it's unbelievable. Um, So she walks right past him um, and it's, like, heart-wrenching because she's so like defiant and brave and then when she's on the witness stand and they're like well which like who in this room hurt you and she says she like that was the one time she looked at him and she's like and i pointed at him and i just remembered like being in bed and like seeing him turn toward me at the light switch and she just like fucking breaks down and there's like video of this and she's like and i was so brave and i was so ready and then like and then she's just eye to eye with him like total breakdown yikes so they asked her to describe what what this guy did to her friend katie she starts sobbing um and so they're like well let's take a quick break so they i mean she's 10 so they take her out in the back and like her mom comes and she had told her mom actually she's like i told my mom you are not allowed to cry like if you cry i can't keep myself together so like you need to keep your shit together yeah and the mom's like i didn't cry like i had to just hold myself together because i was like i can't she made me promise basically so they go back to her in the back and they're like okay you can do this like stay strong um so after a quick break, she gets right back to it. Uh, she even had to lay down on a table to describe, like, how she was laying in bed and how she put her head up and, like, how he saw her in the bunk bed with, like, the railing and all that. And so her testimony was so powerful that even Sell's own defense attorney called her a brave young woman and declined to question her. He's like, I have no questions for you, which she was a key witness. Wow. So they were like, wait, what the fuck? Like, he was just smart enough to know, like this isn't a winnable thing like i don't want to defend this guy yeah exactly like she was hurt um so after an only an hour and 10 minutes of deliberation the jury found cells guilty uh he was convicted of capital murder of katie 
an attempted murder of Crystal, and he was sentenced to death. Good! Which is why they never tried him for any of the other cases, because they were like, well, he's already... <laughs> he's already gone. He's a goner. Yeah. Wow. And also, some of the ones that he admitted to, interestingly enough, um, I guess the state of Texas, if you're on death row, you're not allowed to leave the premises, mm. which is why, like, he said, oh, I know where the bodies are of these certain people, and he wasn't allowed to leave to, like, Got it. show the bodies. Got it. Which I've watched a lot of Criminal Minds, and I'm like, yeah, because that's how they escape, and they... It's probably not well, real, I mean, really real. Well, I needed but... <laughs> to go, so I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that that was his yeah, sentence. So, well, but I'm saying, like, they he wasn't allowed to, like, leave the jail to, like... Yeah. Right, right. So, um... But, yeah, like, he, like... They were harsh on him. Yes, the, yeah, they didn't mess around with that. Um, so, when he was convicted and they announced the um, sentencing, uh, everyone in the courtroom was in tears, including Sal's own defense attorney, who was like, you saw the... Like, they showed the video, yeah. and he was, like, wiping his own tears, and it was like, holy shit. Like, this guy was affected, and he's the fucking defense attorney for this murder. Um, so the state of Texas executed cells by lethal injection on January 3rd, 2014, at the age of 49. Uh, Texas, apparently, I looked this up, no longer offers a special last meal to condemn, condemned inmates, which I'm like, fair. Interesting. Uh, and instead, the inmate is offered the same meal uh, that served to the rest of the unit. Uh, when asked if he had any final words, Tommy Lynn replied simply, no. And as a lethal dose of pentobarbital was administered, he took a few deep breaths, closed his eyes, and began to snore. Less than a minute later, he stopped moving. And 13 minutes later, at 6.27 p.m., he was pronounced dead. Got it. And I also decided he did not deserve a horoscope. And so I'm going to read Crystal's horoscope, which she was a Capric she is a Capricorn. Oh, by the way. So she is like our age. Okay. She's like 30-ish. And she um, is, I don't know too much about her, but she's living in Idaho and she is super close with her sisters and her family and it's just like a cool lady. Yeah. And like a badass. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So this is the Capricorn horoscope. Okay. Let it go, Capricorn. Sagittarius season starts your month of closure on Thursday, so allow the universe to bring you experiences of healing while Mercury's in retrograde. Friday's full moon inspires a new routine, organization, and structure. Work on the weekend if you have to. You know you love it. <laughs> the worst part of that is I don't like working on, <laughs> on the weekend. Except so. we do it every week. Apparently, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, she's a badass and she's awesome, and it's just so cool and inspiring to watch her on 48 Hours talk about yeah her watching her best friend get killed like it's just the wildest Yikes. thing wildest thing wow so that's the story of crystal and katie mm, that was a tough one yeah i was rough thank you for sticking with me yeah 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 well i'm glad that wasn't a live show episode me too well that exactly this is why i struggle <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know how you put up with it on your end <laughs> when it comes to live shows how do you find ones that are i google 1700s murder gotcha gotcha with hilarious jokes. No, not really, but I might as well. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening to our episode 97, which means in three that's, weeks. That's right. Almost episode 100. And um, we've been doing this for a long time now. <laughs> Help us. We've covered almost 200 stories, <laughs> not including live that? shows. Holy not shit. including live shows. That's right. Um, well, thank you guys so much for everything. Um, do you want to do the... Sure. 
You can find us. I have to pee, so I feel like I'll say it really fast. Mm-hmm. You can find us on uh, all our social media and Patreon at ATWWD Podcast. You can email your listener stories too, and that's what we drink at gmail.com. And Eva reads those. And every month we do a listener stories on the first of the month. Um, we also do a gift video every month um, to thank you guys for all the cool shit you send us. And if you want to send something, uh, send it to 1920 Hillhurst Ave, number 265, Los Angeles, California, 90027. Is that it? Live shows? Live shows. We have a lot of live shows coming up. A lot of live shows, like all over the freaking country. Uh, <laughs> check us out. Check check us out. Check it out at andthatsweedrink.com slash live where we have all our tour dates set. Um, check, follow us on Instagram truly, though, if you want to see, because we release those. We Very, release it there first. Yeah. And usually once they're released there, people are already getting their tickets. So yeah. if it's not on the website, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So yeah. Check, check, Instagram, <laughs> check it out. Please, check Instagram, please. <laughs> all right. And that's why we drink. Woohoo! Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost.